0: Almighty God, your word is life and your promise is trustworthy and true. By the power of your Holy Spirit, write your word upon our hearts so that we may be your new creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray.
1: Amen. Good morning. Our first scripture reading comes from the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 25, reading verses 6 to 9. Let us hear the word of God. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the covering that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, See, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Our second reading also comes from the Old Testament, Psalm 98, and we will be reading it responsively. The words for the responses will appear before you on the screens. O sing to the Lord a new song, For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed in the sight of the nation. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God.
0: Make it joyful. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all
1: the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody.
0: With trumpets and sound of the
1: horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it.
0: Let the floods clap their hands.
1: Let the hills sing together for joy. At the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Our third reading comes from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading verses 10 to 13. God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual.
0: John, reading John chapter 2. Verses 1 to 11. Let us listen for God's word to his people. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you? And to me, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do what he tells you to do. Now standing there were six stone jars for the Jewish rite of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and, re- and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. The best wine ever. As we begin this morning... There's perhaps a little background that needs to be shared about this morning's sermon. First, yes, you are not mistaken. You have heard that reading before. We've read the, we read the story of the feast at the wedding in Cana of Galilee uh, just about a month ago. And if you really, really recall that sunday you will remember that i think it was that sunday that i said you know there are about six sermons that i could preach out of this text this morning and then i kind of shared the trouble that i had all week trying to figure out which one i was going to preach well nick said i should preach them all and so i'm going to over lent i'm not going to read anything but this no that's not quite right i thought about it for a minute but no um We're going to be slightly different. But you have heard it. And you're hearing it again this morning. Because of the series that we are going to do do through Lent. Although it's not six uh, sermons on the same passage. But you see, in the Gospel of John. There is this unit of literature. A subunit within the larger Gospel. Which is known as the Book of Signs. And you know each of the signs when you read it because it always ends with, and Jesus did this sign. Right? You may have noted that, that little line there at the end in verse 11. Jesus did this sign while he was in Cana of Galilee, and all of his disciples believed in him. We'll continue to hear a refrain similar to that. And as it turns out, there are six Signs, six of these miracle stories um, that are designated as signs and which reveal uh, the nature of Jesus and his mission here on earth. And so during these six weeks of Lent, we will examine each of these signs. And we begin today with Jesus turning the water into wine. So since we spent a good deal of time about a month ago on this passage, we will begin this morning by just a cursory kind of recap of what's there and, and why it's important for us. John tells us that Jesus and his disciples have arrived at this wedding feast uh, to which his mother has also been invited. It's, and it's good to remember for us that in the ancient Near East, wedding celebrations weren't just one big day. But they were a week-long series of events, feasting and hosting of, of, of friends and neighbors together. And at some point in all of this celebration, Jesus' mother comes to him and says, they have no more wine. Which would have been a great social faux pas of the day. But, and after an exchange between Jesus and his mother, then Jesus goes off to address this situation. Jesus orders the, the, the servants to fill the, the, the large water jars with, that had been used for the ritual washing before the meal. And he orders that they are refilled with water and once they have been filled he instructs the waiters to draw some of the water out of these huge jugs and to take it to the chief steward of the feast when the steward tasted the water become wine he, we, John tells us that he summoned the bridegroom and says to him everyone serves the good wine first And then the inferior wine after the guests have all become drunk. They don't care what they're drinking anymore. But you have kept the best wine until now. Now the Greek word kalon, translated here as good, the good wine, also has implications of quality to it. Alternate meanings of the word are Excellent or praiseworthy. So this isn't just good wine as opposed to regular everyday wine in a box plonk. This is some of the best praiseworthy stuff. This is the best wine. For the first hearers of this story, the first people to have read this episode in John's gospel, they would have heard in those words perhaps a parallel with the reading that we heard from Hebrew scriptures that Alex shared with us this morning, and this great vision of the eschatological city of God. In the middle of the book of the prophet Isaiah, filled as it is with all of the back and forth of the people going into exile and God's harsh judgment upon them and then later on in their returning, in the middle of it there is this great poem that changes from the earthly realities of the people and points them once more to the kingdom of God. The poem actually begins at chapter 24 in Isaiah's, uh, in the book of the prophet Isaiah. And it begins with that great prophetic formula on the establishment of the kingdom of God. Isaiah begins by writing, in that day, in that day, always is a pointing forward in prophetic language so that we should sit up and pay attention. Because we're talking about God time here, not human time. So Isaiah writes, in that day. And then through chapters 24 and 25 speaks of how God will overthrow all the powers of this world. The ruthless and the exploitative who pursue power and economic gain at the expense of others, and how God will then lift up the poor and the needy, and in him they will find refuge. Surely it would have been a message of hope for, people of the, for the people of Israel lost in exile because, goodness knows, they were at that point the poor and the needy and those who were in need of greatest hope. The poem says there will be this great equalizing in the world. There will be a blessing for those who have nothing, and there will be, well, what at least will seem to be a curse on those who have accumulated much. But then, but then comes the feast. The first verse that we heard this morning. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-matured wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-mature wine strained clear. Suddenly, in these verses that we read this morning, these particular um, five verses, the us and them of the old world is Gone. The stories of the exploiters and the exploited are no more. But now, instead, God's focus shifts and it is all people. In the three verses uh, that, that began our reading this morning, 6, 7, and 8, Isaiah makes reference to the universal nature of the kingdom of God five different times. But it all begins with the feast. And as you might expect of any feast in the kingdom of God. It is the very best feast. A feast of rich food. And the very best wine. In the vision of the end of time. The very best wine. Is reserved for the lamb's great wedding banquet. That celebrates God's plan of salvation. Isaiah says God's declaration is that the shroud of death that defines earth's fallen nature will be torn away. Death will be swallowed up and God will wipe away all the tears from all their eyes. What a wonderful image is contained in those few little verses from Isaiah chapter 25. In commenting on this passage, the Old Testament scholar Walter Bruggeman notes, biblical faith is not a moral system. It is not a mode of holding on or staying in control. But it is rather an act of yielding in the present, as the poet does, to the assurance given for God's future. I like that sentence, so I'm going to say it again. It is rather an act of yielding in the present to the assurance given for God's future. For the children of God, time and again in Scripture, we hear them rehearse and remember the promises that God has made and how God is always faithful to his promises. And every time they do so, they remind themselves that they can trust in God and therefore let go of the present, knowing that God is working out a larger plan into the future. As we turn this morning in our scripture readings, to these two passages, and we set them side by side, Isaiah chapter 25 and John chapter 2, I believe that they are united by the assurance of scripture that God has a plan for the future. A plan in which God's kingdom will be established here on earth, and all that diminishes us and All that makes us less. All uh, powers of temptation and exploitation will be no more. And we will be united in the hope of a new heaven and a new earth. The gospel lesson for which Jesus came. As Jesus begins his ministry... At the wedding in Cana of Galilee. With this first powerful sign of changing water into wine. We are given a glimpse of the kingdom of God. No longer is it just a wedding feast. But it is the feast of the bridegroom. And the lamb. The feast of the kingdom of God. And Because of that, Jesus provides the best wine ever. And it is abundant and it is free. Imagine 180 gallons of the best wine ever. What a party that would be. As we come to the Lord's table this morning, we come responding to the invitation of our Lord Jesus Christ who dwells in heaven at the right hand of the Father. As Jesus invites us to his table, he transcends the things of this earth so that we can experience the kingdom of God. Here at the table, we touch, we smell we taste and receive the abundance of God's grace and the assurance that our God is trustworthy and true and will prevail over all the things that tempt us and make us less than the creation that God intended us to be. So come to the table. It is our Lord Jesus Christ who invites us. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Who holds out for us. This mystical feast. In which we are welcomed. Into the, into the kingdom of God. And here. We will receive. The best. Wine ever. Thanks be to God. For his good grace to
1: us. Amen.